Hey everyone, so before this episode starts, I just want to thank you guys for being so patient. I know that this episode is coming out more than a day late, but I am definitely still new to this. I mean, this is my second episode. And things just weren't coming out as well as I wanted them to. And so I figured that it would be better just to make sure that the quality was where it needs to be. So with that, we'll get back to the episode. Hello, and welcome back to It Bees Like That. Today, we are going to have our first mini-episode on Chiari Malformation. Now, today's episode is going to be very special because towards the end of it, I will be reading our very first write-in story. So if you have a story that you want to tell, or if you have something that you just want to talk about, please write in to me. I will link my email and my Instagram name at the bottom of this podcast, wherever you're listening. So, anyway, let's get into it. According to Thomas C. Weiss, a researcher and editor for Disabled World, Chiari malformation is a form of abnormality in the lower part of the brain known as the cerebellum. The cerebellum controls a person's sense of balance. When the indented, bony space located at the rear of a person's skull is smaller than average, their cerebrum and brainstem may be pushed downward. Pressure results in the person's cerebellum and may block the flow of their cerebral spinal fluid, a liquid that both surrounds and protects their brain and spinal cord. People affected by Chiari malformation can experience symptoms ranging from muscle weakness, dizziness, vision problems, and numbness, to headaches and problems with coordination and balance. This is actually way more common than you think. Um, My little sister, Mac, actually has it as well, and we'll get into that later. In the past, it was estimated that the condition occurs in about one in every 1,000 births. But now that medical testing is much more widely used, it is believed that CM is actually much more common. It's still pretty difficult to get a real number, though, because some people who have it actually won't show symptoms until later in life, if at all. And a little fact, CM occurs more often in the female sex than in the male sex. And there are actually multiple types of Chiari. With the most common type being the Chiari 1 malformation, which is what I just explained. But it has a few different names. Although the names are used less frequently, Chiari 1 malformation might also be referred to as Arnold Chiari malformation, tonsillar herniation, or tonsillar ectopia. Many people who experience a Chiari malformation have it congenitally, meaning that the condition is present from birth. Type 2 Chiari malformation, which is what my sister has, is often accompanied by a form of spina bifida, known as myeloma ningicell. That happens when a person's spinal canal and backbone do not close prior to the person's birth, causing their spinal cord to protrude through an opening in their back. The disability may cause either partial or complete paralysis below the spinal opening. Sounds terrifying. We were always quite fortunate with Mac that that hadn't happened. But when I was growing up, we were very careful about my sister. In gym class, Mac really wouldn't play the games and stuff. And the other kids would think that was weird. But it was because we had to be careful of the back of her head and neck just in case something were to happen. 
The other types of Chiari, there's type 3 and type 4. They are extremely rare, but they are the most serious forms of CM. It causes severe neurological defects. An average person's anatomy finds their cerebral tonsils located just above the foramen magnum, so your tonsils in the back of your throat. People with Chiari malformations have tonsils that herniate into their spinal canal. The degree of variation to which the affected person's tonsils extend can be crazy. Additional conditions that are sometimes associated with Chiari malformation include syringomyelia, hydrocephalus, and curvature of the person's spine. Now, all of this sounds like a lot, and it is. But here are some of the symptoms that people may experience. The most common symptom experienced by people with Chiari is a headache. The headache usually starts in the back of a person's head and neck, then radiates upward. The pain is agitated or started by sneezing, coughing, or straining, like bending over to pick up a box. These activities are referred to as Valsalva maneuvers. Nystagmus, or involuntary eye movements, and other visual problems such as blurred vision or double vision are symptoms that people with Chiari can experience. People can also experience vertigo and balance problems and dizziness. Some people with Chiari might have cranial nerve compression, something that may result in apnea, swallowing difficulties, gagging, temporary loss of consciousness, or facial numbness. A few more symptoms, and I won't list all of them because there is quite a few, but a lot of the more common ones would be nausea, facial pain, sleep apnea, sleep disorders, pupillary dilation, muscle weakness, impaired gag reflex, difficulty swallowing, impaired coordination, restless leg syndrome, tinnitus, and an increased intracranial pressure. May also experience dysautonomia, which is a almost a coverall term for tachycardia, which is rapid heart rate, syncope, which is fainting, polydipsia, which is extreme thirst, or chronic fatigue. Chiari malformation varies greatly where the symptoms are concerned. Many people who have type 1 don't even experience symptoms, or maybe not on the regular, and a lot of them are not even aware that they have the condition. A number of people with more severe forms of Chiari malformation, they pursue surgery and experience a reduction in their symptoms because of it, or have a prolonged period of relative stability, although paralysis is commonly permanent. So now that you know some of the facts about Chiari, I think it's time to hear a write-in letter from a friend of mine. Hi, my name is Katherine Carson. I'm 20 years old and a junior in college. I found out that I had Chiari when I was 10 years old. I have type 1. I had headaches a lot as a kid, but the summer of 2013, they got really bad. So my mom took me to the doctor. The doctor ordered an MRI and my radiologist diagnosed me the same day. My great aunt is the only one that I know of in my family that has it. Kiari has impacted my life pretty greatly, not being able to do certain things growing up and constantly being in pain has been a challenge. A year ago today, actually, I got my decompression surgery. I have noticed a significant improvement in my symptoms. Kiari is not fun, but it has truly been a great lesson in my life. I am more in tune with my body and my needs because of my Kiari. 
And again, that was a write-in from my friend Kat. I actually remember when she had her surgery, um, she was telling me about it, and I didn't even know that she had that. Um, just a little bit about decompression surgery, because I didn't go into huge detail in the podcast, because to me, it's kind of gruesome. Um, but essentially, what they do is they'll take small parts of your skull, like the back part of it, and they'll take those out so that way it gives your spinal cord a little more room to breathe and it'll help with a lot of the tension and headaches and pain that people feel. Um, it can also help a lot with balance and vision problems. So it kind of just depends on the type of Chiari that you have and what it's making you experience. The National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke states that changes in genes can cause many brain malformations and the brain overgrowth that may accompany CM, hydrocephalus, and other brain disorders. NINDS scientists are looking for gene changes that could act through the PI3K-AKT genetic signaling pathway, which is essential for brain development and other related pathways. This research may lead to new diagnostic tests and better treatment options for CM and other developmental brain disorders. However, according to the Seattle Children's Hospital, a specific genetic change or mutation has not been found in children with Chiari malformations. And so that concludes mini episode number one. Now remember that if you have a story that you want to share or an illness that you feel like I should talk about, please write in. I actually just made an email address. It's just itbeeslikethatpodcast at gmail.com spelled exactly like the name of the podcast. Also, follow me on Instagram at itbeeslikethatpodcast. So if you have a story that you want to tell, or if you have something that you just want to talk about, please write in to me. I will link my email and my Instagram name at the bottom of this podcast, wherever you're listening. Thank you, and I hope to see you guys next week with another main episode.